Universal ghetto life, holla black, you know it well Quiet storm, vital form, pen push the bright across Mind is a vital force, hollow or right across Soul is the lion's roar, voice is the siren I swing round, ring out, and bring down the tyrant Chop a small axe and knock a giant lopsided The world is so dangerous, there's no need for frightening The suckers trying to hide like the struggle won't find them Then the sun busts through the cloud to clearly remind them This A where penthouse pavement and curb Cradle to the grave, talk of each of a shell Universal ghetto life, holla black, you know it well what it is You know, they know what it is We know, y'all know what it is Ecstatic, there it is Huh, what it is You know, we know what it is They know, y'all know what it is You know, here it is What it is Good morning, this is the show formerly known as Expat, especially because I have a compatriot here, Esteban de la Torre. Good morning. Um, I'm going to give a reason why you're on the show again, because people might be asking questions. Um, you wrote me a couple of days ago if I want to check out the biosonification of a mushroom hive, and I've had many weird requests in text from you and from others down the years but this one was this needs some explanation i went and i'm still here so i survived um but please explain to the listeners what that means a biosonification of a mushroom hive did you enjoy it overall yeah yeah i mean uh, i touched big weird bags full of minerals and stuff that had mushrooms protruding out the side of them this is in truffle gallery um from yesterday so please go and check it out but i'll hand it over to you to explain what this was so i mean uh, the exhibition in itself is anka and arnold's exhibition it's called the uh, subnature uh, there are two romanian artists that are currently living in vienna which if your work you're not if, if their work you're not familiar with i highly recommend it it's just uh, it's really 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 nice it's amazing so Uh, and within their show, I was asked um, by them and by Trafo to create a techno-organic sound system uh, utilizing the on-site life forms, which in this case are mushrooms. Uh, part of the idea of using mushrooms is that um, 
mushrooms can basically thrive and exist anywhere. So even uh, after the war or after anything, mushrooms will be able to find nutrients and, and, and uh, live on. And the biosonification, my, my, what I did, uh, it involves well, all, all life organisms. They have electricity running within them, uh, whether it's just big or small. And this is like microvoltages. We as humans, for instance, when you, uh, when you get your heart checked, this uh, ECG, um, you do have the, the sound of the pumping heart, so the, the muscle and but uh, there is also the way of listening to your heart rate uh, via electricity, via microvoltage, and then you put electrodes on your body, and then you get the uh, the response in a in a in a digital environment, and you can do this same process to all living creatures. Um, of course, you can get a heartbeat from a mouse or a horse, but uh, from plants it works in a very different way. And whilst they don't really have a heartbeat, they still have electricity running within them. And what we try to do is to find this, uh, it's, it's this, the, the way that they're communicating or the way that they are reacting towards the outside world. And uh, in specifically this case, we were using mushrooms. And, you know, the mushroom in itself, what you see is the fruit of it. The, the, that's the, actually the reproductive organ, the, the thing that, was, that is protruding outside the bag. The entire body is actually inside the bag. It's the mycelium. And this is kind of like the, the itself, the body of the mushroom. And uh, by placing electrodes in different points, we can peek into, into the microvoltages which are being uh, passed around the entire bag. And through those, we, we use that signaling to create a, a, a soundscape. In this case, uh, I created a three granular synthesizers. Each granular synthesizer had uh, 21 voices, so we're working with 63 voices at the same time. They're all spatialized, and uh, basically what the mushrooms are choosing is the pitch, the, the size of the grain, the, the envelope which the grain works in. So it's, the, it's, it's you could say it's generative, so it's, it's generative, but it's not upon a basis of rules or algorithm, but it's generative because the mushrooms are constantly changing. Is there a history of this kind of... Because um, this is in a space, and there's bags hanging from the ceiling, and you have your system attached to these living organisms. Mm -hmm. Is this something that is you could say is pioneering, or is there a history of this type of getting living things that are not aware to you know put them in a space and make them perform essentially like like to explain to the to the uninitiated i would say you know you make mushrooms sing even mm -hmm. though if they want it or not so you're essentially just detecting whatever they're doing and you transform it into to what us sounds like well i wouldn't say music because it doesn't really have melody but it's mm -hmm. like murmurs yeah exactly it, it was actually quite interesting to hear yesterday because there were a few people in the room so there were the humans doing the and then the mushrooms had their own it was like a bunch of mushrooms they were I guess mushrooms that are part of the same colony they communicate mm -hmm. by these yeah yeah exactly and I think it's the one interesting thing with the mushrooms is that uh, the difference between like plural and singular is very blurred so you don't have just like one mushroom here and another one there but they all kind of like belong to like a bigger body and then a, and this is where the the murmur idea was coming from 
um, having you know like them communicate with each other and just creating a system which would help us understand that they're actually communicating so it's just a sort of language that they, for us like of course they're communicating not through sound they're communicating through through micro voltages but we made it a uh, sonifiable so we, so we made it a uh, Uh, you can listen to it, and this is a li- it helps understand that they are communicating with e- with each other. But regarding if this is just a new work or not, I think uh, currently the this acknowledgement of the other with a capital O is just something which is it's 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 really powerful. It's kind of like decentralizing the the importance of the of the human as a creator and the human of the of the center of the universe, and kind of like uh, realizing that there are other life forms around us and. Uh, it should be more of a of a of a, a horizontal hierarchy, not so much you know like human is a center and everything revolves around it. And I think this is a kind of like a, a current train of thought or a current idea, which is I think powerful and it will be very healthy for humankind to sort of embrace it. But I think uh, some of the first experiments around this, uh, maybe in the 70s, there's even like an entire album called Plantasia, written around uh, plant music, synthesizers, and plants. And uh, people have been working around this for a while. It's just, uh, I think it's a, it's a pretty interesting subject, and I think part of it is that uh, we, we it, it 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 will be it's it's hard to think. Okay, is the plant happy or is the plant sad? But that's looking at the plant through the uh, human uh, perception. You know, like the, the this the, the, how humans see things, like happy, sad, or but I mean, a plant can also have let's say feelings but it necessarily won't fit with what we think is happy or sad and there might be a couple of ideas of you know like hungry uh, or like needing to 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 get this the food or something and that 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 could be something that we can communicate at but yeah it's it's just uh, yeah it's more like l- listening to not not what they are saying as 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 a language but you know like as an i don't know it's an emotion but is it um because There is the industrial application of this, right? Like if if you're, and I'm, I'm guess I'm going back to the very like human centric aspect of this. But if you grow mushrooms as a business or as a way of sustaining, so you don't only don't only grow them to eat them, but mm-hmm. you know you're trying to grow them on mass. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, I'm looking at, I'm like visually inspecting the mushroom, and I can see that okay by week x of its growth cycle is supposed to be here and it's over or under and that means that's outside the expected range mm-hmm. is there any kind of push or is there any kind of feedback from that side where people are like oh this is great we could we could use the because what you do now is is very much like you know it's contemporary art in the sense that it people go they look at it and then they think a little bit about their their relation to the environment and their relation is humans into like because it's in a white gallery space in the basement of a building and everything is very artificial the the mushrooms themselves right they're not in soil in the mm-hmm. forest they're suspended in plastic bags Th- this is how you grow mushrooms this is this is like a stay like this is how you farm mushrooms so they actually come from I I'm sorry I can't remember the name of the company but this the you know the, this company actually sells mushrooms to like restaurants and blah 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 so the the we we got these bags from them this is how mushrooms usually grow but uh, yeah like regarding your question for instance the this research we've been doing it like for the last year or so at the at the Innovatios Kespont at moment I'm, I'm a researcher there as well and uh, there we we're trying to do this in non-human intelligence like researching non-human intelligence and they linked us up with um Tunsgram 
and they're growing as the vertical gardens. And the idea with them um, was that, you know, you have the vertical garden and you have like all this, uh, what they do is they have this really super special lights that can variate how much, I don't know, like red light they're pushing at a certain time of the day. And through this way, they can grow like this really... Um, um, like strawberries or whatever, like they can really push the fruits that they're going to grow uh, by timing the light that they put onto the plants. They can really like control the even the size or how sweet the the raspberry is going to be, or I mean the, the strawberry is going to be, or whatever. And what uh, we thought would be interesting would be to add this sort of este biosensing to it. And if the vertical farm is healthy, then you would have like a, a a, a harmonic hum coming out of it so you would have like different voices and if it's if all of the stages in the different stages there's a harmonic hum coming out from it then it means that it's it's healthy in a way and the moment that some parts of it start to become a bit uh, less healthy or dry or whatever then everything starts to become a bit more dissonant which means that uh, you it, you are constantly in contact with it without having to be using a screen or whatever but more towards the the, the sound like listening to it to it exist but isn't that <clears throat> already like forcing the the plant or not forcing it but you're filtering it through like like what humans might perceive as harmonic right Definitely. there are so, there are certain you know there's certain tonality that you find okay this is pleasing and then mm -hmm. you can there is some people listen to stuff that is you know yeah atonal but you know it's um yeah yeah definitely i mean i think you you really have to think about the um, um Like w when there's like this interspecies communication, then then you have to realize that we don't speak the same language, and and we probably won't. You know, there's like in, so there has to be some translation of a sort, so for us to agree on that this idea is happening. There is this really nice work from um, uh, she's called uh, Spela Petrich, and uh, because you know I'm I'm using as the electrodes and I'm using uh, electricity I'm using as the like a patched uh, software to to communicate with plants but in her work what she did was literally stand in the way of the light towards the towards this super fast growing um, germinados I don't know how you say like the same uh, like sprouts like really but they grow like you know like in, in a day they grow about like a centimeter or two and she just stood on the way between them and the light And this made the mush the 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 sprouts kind of like uh, find uh, uh, like move out of, of her way. So it's it's very uh, rudimentary sort of communication. But she was able to somehow make the plants move without you know like like pushing them or using tools or anything like this just by her presence. And I think that's just uh, it's I, I think yeah. I mean, if you're talking about like interspecies communication, it's just it's, it's I don't know. And I mean. Humans have very sophisticated. They invented like what you do, like incredibly sophisticated ways of getting the information from. Like it's one. It's kind of like a one way. We listen, mm -hmm. or like the setup that you installed there is actually you listen to the mu mushrooms. But the going the other way is essentially like providing nutrients or not providing nutrients, which can be you know light, soil, mm -hmm. or for in, in case of like a forest, the way you would. This is. You know, in the abstract sense, like communicating air quotes with the forest would be, you either leave it alone, mm -hmm. or you, uh, for example, just um, you know burn the the lower layers for whatever reason, or you let it overpopulate. Like it's much more of a, it's like a SimCity type of situation where it's very slow and deliberate, and there's no like you cannot 
you cannot use the same electrodes to say it back to the mushrooms. It's going to be okay. You're just in this room for now. There's no, there's no yeah. granularity to that sense. Yeah, and I mean, it's the, you know, it, you, you have to think about, like, how do plants communicate with each other? And this, the, you know, they use chemicals or this wood wide web. It's, it's this un- under connection between everything. So I think if we want to communicate with them, in a way that it's we're not we're not only listening but we're also saying something then we have to speak their language and i think that's the biggest challenge because i mean just as we are speaking about it saying like we have to speak their language it's two things that it's like language and speaking it's you know something that's really far away from their sort of communication let's say um or like you know like we would maybe have to create like some sort of uh, chemicals which means something you know like like a pheromones or so something that you know that uh, plant life forms could could understand and you know like uh, like plants have like different when we listen to them and we see how they react to stuff they're like, they're, they're called tropisms like tropisms are things that uh, like how plants move it basically is like moving or, or, or reacting to something and you know some plants react to light and they either like close their their leaves or something you have like the for instance like the venus flytrap which um which it, it closes, you know, it has, it actually has like three little hairs inside its its mouth and it counts, it can actually count. So when a fly or something goes in it and it only touches the hair and then moves out, like if it only touches it once, then it won't close. If it touches it twice, then it won't close. But if it touches it three times under a certain amount of time, then it will say, yeah, there is something here and I'm going to close it. Because if it closes without having the 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 fly inside then it's probably going to die or at least that flower is going to die because so it consumes too much energy exactly mm-hmm. so so it, it learned to count and uh, you have like the the mimosa pudica which you know like you touch it and it pretends to be like super unhealthy and these are the, like these tropisms there is the when you measure them with the uh, micro voltage stuff it's called action potential and you can actually see a gigantic spike in their in their uh, in, in, in in their in their system and there, there is a way of, you know, like if you, um, uh, if you create that spike artificially on into them, then they will close as well. So, I mean, th- th- them themselves are are actually, you know, like a, a, a super advanced. You know, like they, they've been here much longer than we are. They have developed a sensorial system to be able to withstand, you know, like uh, floods and and the most of the things that could happen to planet Earth besides being eaten by the death of a son but but they they you know they can thrive and and, and especially like some of course not all sort of plants but if you talk like especially about mushrooms then they have like an entire sensorial system that is like crazy advanced Mm. so flipping this a little bit on its head um you also so this is an installation and people can go and draw their own conclusions yeah but you've also done um one like musical performance in the sense that you're standing on a stage and you're manipulating stuff uh, to make music or produce tunes or I don't know how how simple I need to go down like I don't know Mm -hmm. how you think about it do you think about it as basically playing a synthesizer that is based on these life forms or can you explain a little bit and then we'll 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 listen a little bit and then uh, your radio will not be broken it's just that's how the thing (laughs) sounds like so uh, give give a little bit of an intro and then I'll, I'll play a little bit of your tentacular listening um, that and you performed scene. in the Thulu scene yeah. that you performed at uh, Colorado. So please give us a little bit of an intro. And what 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 are we about to hear? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So basically, how this works, it's a it's it's a collaboration between me and the and the on-site uh, life forms. In this case, there's there was a uh, I played at the Arok at Colorado. It's like um the bed of a dry river, or sometimes it becomes a, a river again. And there's this gigantic tree uh, which was giving shadow to the uh, to the space. And I just put the electrodes on that, and I got the biosignaling from from the tree and it was going uh, into my synthesizer allowing like creating a, a melody so this this fluctuations in the voltage were quantized to uh, to, 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 to to create the melody and I was creating so there's two channels uh, I was a uh, hard panning between left and right and the one on the right the um, uh, the oak tree is doing that melody and the one on the right I'm doing that melody and it's somehow like jamming with the incoming voltage it's control voltage and this the it's more like the the uh, observance of the other so it's 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 not it's 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 not me trying to t- say anything to the other or to the the the, the plants around me or them it's, it's just like a collaboration it's just a, it's a respectful observance of of other life forms and all right, I'll, I'll try and. Mm-hmm. I think if you, you can you can talk over it a little bit to yeah. to explain what are what is it that we're hearing. So in in this is more like the um, a, you have um um one of the um, a, incoming voltage is controlling the fold and the the it's a bit of wave folding and. A, it becomes much more apparent a bit later, like around a uh, minute 10. That's when you can really feel the envelopes and the changes in pitch. That's where you can really start to sense the, the, the melody that was being created by the, by, by the oak tree and by myself. And the uh, Thulu scene, it's a stem. It's basically, you know, there's the, the uh, side view that uh, or the, the parallel view to the we are living in the Anthropocene but uh, the Thulu scene is, is not uh, centralizing the human being as you know the center of everything but uh, the Thulu scene is you know about the, um, um, uh, every other thing which is like interconnected uh, from living plant forms uh, uh, mushrooms uh, lichens Every, every other thing which is actually creating the environment. So this is the oak tree coming in. So this is the micro-voltage response mm-hmm. that's coming from the tree that's there now as well, right? Yeah, you yeah, just, yeah. You just hook the stuff up to it. Yeah, and then, mm. exactly. And this is his, uh, what he was apporting to the, to the, to the, to the sound. Thank you. 
So, um, how do you think this can be? I, I can really imagine this being like a, like one of those educational, like you could take a bunch of uh, primary schoolers on a field trip and show them like, here's uh, Esteban in the middle of the forest uh, <laughs> playing on a tree, basically. Uh, do, you, do you see that kind of use for it? Or is it just... Because in a festival setting, I can really imagine that if, if someone has... Um, is just trying to like take a break from from like very hard you know 180 bpm electronic beats and they find this little valley where you're very playing this gentle melody and they might not even realize it's coming from the oak tree it's just very like soothing mm -hmm. harmonious and i think it's um despite how you explained it it is actually um and i think it's um despite how you explained it it is actually um, signals coming from the live being is still very much like this the idea that we have of nature that it's calm and slow and soothing I mean the, the, uh, so this was like around I think uh, 6 in the afternoon it was just uh, sunny time and uh, the, the, the set was about 45 minutes or something like this and uh, there is this part when the oak tree comes in uh, that's when you know it's like super soothing and, I, and, and in that part I really wanted to make it obvious that uh, whether you know that the tree was uh, creating the melody or not I wanted it to be you know um, 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 like situational stuff so it, it had to like feel good in the arrow and I think if you, if you push a bit further during the song uh, or during during the set, then it starts becoming a bit more um, a, a, like wild, or it starts uh, becoming a heavier or like thicker. And because uh, I, I I don't especially believe that nature is just uh, like um, entirely peaceful and loving. I mean, overall, it's a sort of a dance battle happening eternally. It's a and and it's it's just how you. Uh, how you look at it so probably if you know just look at a, a one flower or whatever then it's like you know like super nice but then it's mm -hmm. so yeah so the, the yeah this is a bit more disturbing <laughs> because in in itself is the, the concept of the Thulu scene um, it's is that your own expression or is this something that's like a that is a scene scene it's it's actually a, a, from Donna Haraway she's a, a philosopher writer and a, she talks about this 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 entire interconnectedness between species and and how of course calling something the um, anthropocene is very much you know like like a human based right in the middle but Thulu scene it's more about all the other creatures which are actually <laughs> very much present in the scene which we are living right now whatever is happening and um, and Thulu in itself is just uh, you know the, the the thonic ones they're the ones that are usually like the medusa like all this it's it's tentacular thinking so not not just looking at stuff but feeling stuff so it's it's all about like a uh, tentacles and feeling and being part of other stuff not like looking at it from far away and scrolling on your screen but literally being part of it and I think it's something that we we I mean, uh, I think 
we we're very used to or the, the mindset is that we are a uh, different islands or different individuals living uh, everybody kind of in its own but in reality we're like one big organism and with covid it was very uh, um, uh, evident that this is like one planet it's not you know like every if something becomes infected it can easily become everything infected so and we're sharing air we're sharing space and something that could be this the it, we, we should understand it like that not just having you know like this this and i i live alone and then and, and i'm this this body and everything else is far away from me and this comes from you know just like we experience reality by looking at it mostly like you know we look at stuff which makes a distance between like if i'm looking at you i have a distance between us but if i was like you know like a like touching you let's say i had like long tentacles and i would be touching you then the the experience would be entirely different i mean imagine uh, instead of like looking at the news on your phone but like you know like maybe smelling the news i think they would be much more like of an intimate thing and if there's something going wrong then you would Like we're very densitized, desensibilized with our eyes. We look at Marvel movies all the time of, you know, how everything explodes. So when there's like an actual explosion on the news, you're like, ah, another explosion. But if you would probably smell it, you would be like, shh. You know, or like, just feel the air pressure. Something, you know, yeah. something that doesn't just, uh, distance yourself, d distance your experience from the thing itself. Because we're so used to looking at stuff, which I mean, seeing is beautiful and everything. Just we have a load of other senses that we should put into practice to create like a, a really good sense of what reality is at least for the reality that we can sense yeah but visual things are the easiest to record no to give back the same type of fidelity of oh here's a mountain valley and then if another person looks at it they will be able to it identify the, on what you want to share and what concept you want to share i mean like home okay like you know like what is home maybe it's like you know like smell or a taste and you know it's something that would be crazy it's impossible the, it's the middle button on your phone <laughs> but you know like concepts like this that are like a bit harder to 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 share like if you would show a picture of home to somebody that wouldn't even be your home you know like it would be a picture of a building and maybe you have some feeling for it but walking into your your, your home then and it has like smell it's like something that you know i'm at home yeah just <clears throat> what you mentioned about popular culture um I think it's also about the songs that play a hundred times a day on the radio. It's also about familiarity, right? Like it uses the same um, panels that makes it that it's not very... Like what we just listened to and you mm -hmm. talking over it, I guess it would be, well, maybe not disturbing to some, but it's very like a, a out-of-the-box mm -hmm. experience. And then if someone were to like, oh, what is this? And they just turn the dial on their radio... Well, mm -hmm. okay, that that uh, identifies me as a boomer. If they <laughs> <laughs> pick another radio station on their on their digital <laughs> interface, um, they'll be met with something that is very familiar, even if it's you know an orchestra, classical music that they might not be able to say, oh, this is by that composer. They just know that this is string instruments playing, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And um, it's the same thing with with visuals is that um, they show you a lot of you know, muscular people and guns and explosions because if that's what, you know, you you are surrounded with, then that is something that you can comfortably view. Like, yeah. you don't need to really Think so. step outside of your comfort zone when viewing it. But, I, I mean, smelling the news, I mean... But without any, you would think like without any visual input. Mm -hmm. So you would just wake up and then next to your coffee, there's like a little pouch. And then you're like, 
I mean, okay. it's, it's, it's definitely like, you know, like speculative thinking, but it, it could be, you know, it, it, it's just, I'm just proposing a different way for us to somehow uh, rub against reality or uh, against things that are happening. And of course, it would be super disturbing to, you know, like smell some of the horrible news that can happen. Like, you know, like <clears throat> just the thought about, you know, like sitting with your coffee and, you know, at home and like smelling some some tragedy that happened that would be like you know like no i'm not like it, it, it would be horrible yeah, but maybe it would incentivize to yeah maybe it, more and more pleasant stuff because i mm -hmm. think one thing where i uh i thought that this has to be like um like sent advertising one thing is like when you go through the airport mm -hmm. and the first thing you do is like perfumes i think it's uh, i don't know if it's deliberate or i but i think it's very much like this you associate if you've flown at least two or three times then the first thing that you, you know, okay, you're through security, which is this gray, very drab. Yeah, yeah. So the visual part of it is also a huge contrast because you step out from the security area to this very, uh, all the brands are, are have like very vivid colors yeah, and there's yeah, like yeah. all these attractive, nice lighting people yeah, trying yeah, to, yeah. you know, push the person. And it's the smell, like you step mm -hmm. into this cloud of very pleasant and instead of smelling your own code that you were sweating in security, it's like all these yeah. pleasant engineered scents. And the other thing is like um, mm, uh, in bakeries, in closed spaces, like in an underpass or something. Yeah. And then you walk by and that scent, even if it's not directly pleasant after a while, like I think I, I, I'm not a huge fan of the vanilla dust Mm -hmm. smell that um, is in some uh, stations um, but it's still like it, it triggers some kind of response in your mind oh there's there's uh, there's fluff pastry fresh warm ready for me to eat nearby even though you don't have any kind of heat mm -hmm. sense near you you just think about the temperature of the thing even though you're just smelling definitely and I mean I think you and, and I think the, the, the sense of smell is super intimate uh, maybe the sense of taste it's, it's even more intimate you know like it's basically it's happening well, inside of yeah. you yeah you can only do it in, inside your mouth yeah and so. and so so it's 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 crazy and and and, and uh, as i say you know like like looking at stuff it's it's great and it's beautiful and it's it's a great pleasure to look at stuff just we're like so desensitized to it you know like we're just like constantly scrolling and we can see a billion stuff a day and it's just you know it doesn't really create any effect on us anymore So that's where we should kind of like explore the other senses to make like a, you have like this is the homunculus este statue like you know with the big lips like it's like this and it's a it's a representation like a, a you could call it like a data sculpture of of how humans use their senses and it's like a, I don't know like a little humanoid something and it has like gigantic lips gigantic nose to like show that these parts of the body are the ones that are being used more to like. Um, explore the world but um yeah i think and, and there are, there are this i mean and i don't really want to go into the holistic side of it but you know there are like this the sixth sense and you know like intuition and like other stuff we, we do, which we don't really explore and which we totally just like a, a like pass out as yeah it's 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 nothing I, you know? I, i think um some um team sports actually rely on that kind of You need to somehow be able to um, predict the future, mm -hmm. and in, in, in very drastically in the moment. So it's not like 
you know, the stock exchange where you have all this raw data that you can look at and maybe come to a conclusion that, yes, I need to do this and then this will happen. It's much more like visceral where there's a ball rolling my way, so I need to run and intercept its course mm-hmm. to reach it and I will need to. And all of this is you're not actively thinking, oh, I need to turn my feet 45 degrees to be able to kick it perfectly. It's very yeah. intuitive and very much like in the yeah. core of your brain. And that's that's none of the other senses. It's like your brain making all these very complex calculations. And, and I think in the best case scenario, then the, this team team games become also like a, like an organism in itself. So, you know, like the, the 11 players, they somehow should work as one organism and without real, you know, like like face-to-face communication or eyesight or whatever, they should know which that the other player is there yeah for example like in basketball when they do the you know look look one way pass the other way yeah Mm -hmm. and and this i think i don't know if this comes uh, through chemistry or this comes to having like a lot of practice with the other team players or wherever whatever it it happens or however it happens it's part of you know like becoming uh uh another organism like you know like you are part of another some like a bigger thing and yeah are you aware of any like experiments because when you said like okay you can only taste like the inside of your mouth and your taste and your um, your tongue is built for um, tasting but is there any kind of thing because essentially it it still happens in your brain to some extent is there any kind of like um, do you know of any experiments where you could for example like put on a glove that's like sort of wired and then you can just touch something but and trigger taste sense or is that too sci-fi like the Neuralink Neuralink or what's it mm, called this Elon Musk yeah stuff. but I think that's much more about talking to the computer without any mm-hmm. without any having to verbalize anything so you essentially think of the words so mm-hmm. instead of like saying them mm-hmm. like it triggers that response I mean I don't know if it's the specifically to taste but you know there's many of the CN open brain surgeries how do you call them I think when they you know like the skull is open and they just like they're picking inside somebody's brain which is at the same time playing the violin or whatever and, and they, they some creepy videos but you can see that they, they know how to make somebody laugh and they they literally like, you know like stab a little part of the cortex of the brain and then the person just starts like laughing their face off yeah but I'm pretty sure that's so mechanical that it it if it was something that was implemented to the end user, people would just like damage their brain from yeah. poking it too much to get themselves to laugh. I mean, you know, like, like uh, then again, like, where does laughter come from? You know, like when you see something funny, like, what is it? Or you know, it's or like being este chikish, like este um, uh, ticklish, or yeah, like, ticklish, ticklish. You know, like that's also another sort of laughter, and it's totally, it's it's not humor. It's, that's more like a physical response to 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 like probably want to yeah, and for some people it's it's almost uh, torture if you yeah. tickle them so even though the the response you're getting from them you see that they're like their 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 mouths are curving up and mm-hmm. it looks like they're laughing but to them it might be that oh I'm I'm no longer yeah because i think it's an involuntary response so they can't control this laughing so that probably that can become like crazy amount of anxiety and then they just like like lose it yeah so yeah i mean it's um you're doing this um is is your work of the experimentation is it focused only on you said like non-human intelligence is that very much like on the just mushrooms or do you do you grow is how, how does one imagine your lab is this like a crazy scientist lab where someone would open up the door and there's like tons of mushrooms hanging from the ceiling and there's like a, a bunch of crickets in a <laughs> in a tub or something no it's the so it's just um, 
I think it's it's constantly changing because uh, we we share the space with some other people that I mean with other researchers that um, are so th over the last year we were doing this this it's called data data gardening and we were like looking into non-human intelligence and looking at, at plants and looking at different ways of of communicating other people through other ways some people were trying with v VR other people trying with AR uh, Our site is the, with UD Tester. We were doing the soft interfaces, which is towards exactly what I was talking about. And I mean, we, we came up with like with another the, uh, use case, which we we augmented a plant in a way that when you when you get um, a, a digital event, let's say you get an email or you get a, a, a message, instead of like listening to it on your phone or like having this notification on your phone, uh, you would have a plant in the surrounding that would change color. And then it means that you wouldn't have to constantly be in front of a monitor because I think uh, uh, our like technology and, you know, like computers, like whatever, I think they're amazing. And I think it's, it's an amazing tool. But I think the way that we interact with them is horrible. So having like the super flat screen, this keyboard, or like a, this scrolling touchscreen, it's It's useful if you're like walking, but overall it's it's super flat. It's it's something that we should it's 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 bad. So we should find a better way to communicate with the digital environment. And and this is where you know like the a soft interfaces come in place and you know like like different ways of being able to to communicate. And and we thought about you know okay to to this this overwhelming amount of you know when you get an email or you know like this this bright screen lights we have to like cancel that and have maybe you know like a plant in your room or in your studio that when you have an email then you know like the plant changes color and then you can maybe you know like set up the plant to be like okay if something like super important if it comes from my mom then it should be like red but if something comes from the university then it can be like yellow and then i, I won't really check it and the plant will stay yellow until i check it of course the checking probably is going to have to be done on the computer or on your phone but then you won't have like this and you know you're like sitting down and like having a good time and then beep you have this then you're like oh, it's like kind of like breaking and, it's, and you can't really separate yourself so this year spatial computing or ambient computing can be a really interesting uh, uh, idea for the future i mean but for that maybe the, <laughs> the the intended use of these systems has to change a little bit as well because everything's engineered to sort of interrupt a little bit no yeah like there's um what you're describing is i could see it working on a day off when mm -hmm. you when you expect five emails maybe yeah. But if you're in a if you're an office worker, and everything's like constant, and everything was you know you need it done yesterday, yeah, etc. Maybe not even the office or just any kind of social media uh, platform that thrives on like laser focused attention mm -hmm. for five seconds. Yeah, and what you're describing is is much more of this. I know Slow life. I, 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 you don't want to go completely off the grid. You want yeah. to be reachable. You want, you want to provide a response, but not doing yeah. a different thing every five seconds when you're interfacing. I mean, like, like, come on, there, there used to be these answering machines, right? And, you know, like, you weren't at home, and people would call you, and you weren't there. It's kind of like, and then you would get home, and there was a linking, blinking light. You would, like, press play, and you would hear, like, hey, some, some message or whatever. Like, th this wasn't so long ago. You know, I just saw, like, Seinfeld episode yesterday, and, and it was about that, you know, like, an answering machine. It was, like, I don't know, like, 20 years ago, maybe. So, and, and yeah, of course, like, life has become, like, hyper-hectic nowadays, and, you know, the need for, you know, like, communicating on the moment is, is, is important, especially. But I don't think we should be like that 
all the time, you know, especially when, I don't know, it's just, uh, uh, it's, it's not the right usage of, of, of being, you know, like almost telepathically interconnected with the entire universe, the entire planet. We're like using it to, you know, like, I don't know, like upload stuff to Instagram and stuff. So I think it, we can make a better use of it. And, and, and maybe if we change the interface, if we change, you know, like the platform, like, you know, like this, this Instagram-like stuff, I think, and we have something which is a bit more like, not human, but something more like physical around us, then we will realize, you know, uh, like, I think when we look back at this last, I don't know, five, 10 years, like 20 years from now, we're going to see how teenagers uh, society was when it came to like social media and you know like like it's the how everything we're going to look back and see like how could facebook actually be you know like everybody's platform to connect to and not have you know like this segmented as the other stuff i think it's it's, it's going to be interesting to look back in 20 years when be like what well yeah but isn't it uh, the case of like if you have more stuff happening in a shorter span of time than you can because uh, the, my first cynical thought of uh, of the, the whole um, you know plant based communication is like what 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 does an advertiser say like how <laughs> right because everything we've we've talked about like the like the, the elephant in the room is that um, things are the way they are because you can extract more from it whether mm-hmm. it's it is time or just monetary profit but at uh, at the end you're just looking at um, we need to compress people's experiences and that's why you know you you um, look at the world on a tiny little screen even though you're at, you have this giant physical world yeah. around you and it's just um, it's, a, it's a bit of it of course it's very practical because you have endless information in your pocket but at the same time you're compressing information down to a flat screen that has very bright light so it's very yeah. engaging and stimulating for for your mind but if you honestly believe that Mm, we will grow past this and we'll learn to appreciate stuff that isn't bright and isn't compressed mm-hmm. i mean that that makes me very hopeful because <laughs> your this, this is your area of study but um wh- what what do you think is like um like the next the next change where people are because they tried increasing the size of phones but you know like yeah. f- six inches versus five inches doesn't really matter and that's already like mm-hmm. people are not willing to to compromise that kind of mobility so, I mean, and you could say that, okay, the proto-internet, like, you know, where they they still call it the Web 2.0 mm-hmm. back in the Stone Age. You know, it was still, um, you had all these divided up little pockets of the internet mm-hmm. where, where, where you could have completely different identities and then be part of that little, well, you could call it an organism or like a little group, a little tribe, mm-hmm. and then go to the, to the other one. And whether you were trying to, you know, fix a scooter or you know um buy books used for your kids it would not be on the same platform because everything had its own little pocket but Mm -hmm. i think the whole mega interconnectedness has its use because you can do the same thing on the same platform yeah it's it's i think it's much more about the underlying cynicism i think that the the systems are great it's just that because their aim isn't to actually like connecting people is not the final aim it's the the means Monetary of game. yeah is the means of making money but like you know like the uh, what it was like two weeks ago when facebook fell for like a couple of hours whatsapp and everything yeah i um i heard about it after it's i just, it just came out randomly that someone told me and I, I read that it's down mm-hmm. 
but after the fact because mm-hmm. I was doing something else. So and and uh, I think maybe here we don't use WhatsApp as much, but uh, in Mexico, like WhatsApp is, is the people use it a lot, a lot, even like for their businesses. You know, this is how people take orders for, not through like NetPin set or whatever, but you know, like through 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 your own WhatsApp. So entire businesses kind of like ha- like lost a day of work, a day of income because everybody was on the same platform, and uh, of course it's it's. It's good for it, it. It's healthy to have. It's it's easy to have like this one same platform. But uh, I think in the long run, if this platform does fall, then 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 we're gonna we can suffer like that, you know. So we should find alternatives. I think. Yeah, but I guess we already have the the plant style pheromone <laughs> response that we need to move away. Like I know that when there's some kind of danger and the and the plants get the the signal that there's danger, that there's not much they can do immediately. Yeah. But they can slowly start slowly. to, yeah, to, to start and, and, and migrate away. Yeah, I mean, and I think as they like things do happen, like maybe according to us, it's like super slow. But think about it: like a hundred years was the first time that they took like an aerial picture from Earth. You know, so it's it's like a hundred years before that there was no, every other thing that you would see like from a bird's view was more like of a imaginative map, whether it was like super precise or not. But there yeah, was, they also used balloons. Yeah, yeah. But they they just hooked the the camera onto a balloon with a rope and then yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. But I mean, like now we get like a real time video streaming from Mars. You know, like <laughs> it's like it's crazy. All right, um, we're slowly at the end of our time. Do you have any future projects that you want to jinx? Any 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 shout outs? Um, shout out to my moms. Shout, shout out to the plants. <laughs> yeah. Um, so th- this this show is in uh, Trafo Gallery. It's called Subnature. It's just the Anka and Arnold's uh, show, and they invited me to make one piece for them. And if you have time, it's up for the next six weeks. Yeah, it's until the fifth of December. Check it out. It's super cool. Okay. Well, Esteban Della Torre, thank you for for gracing us again. Um, this Thank has you been, for having me again. This has been pleasure. the show, <laughs> formerly known as Expat. Uh, we'll play some music um, that is a bit more, a bit more mainstream. It's ex expat. Yeah, and um, and then there'll be some news. Tilos Radio Pontarum. See you in two weeks' time. Kusunam.